like to welcome you to the motherfucking basketball podcast with the Kirk motherfucking Frost. Um, this is the debut episode. I'd like to welcome all my listeners to taking part with me in talking about, you know, Phoenix Suns basketball, the NBA, and, you know, the art that basketball brings. You know, I'll talk about it from the past and the present. First, I'd like to start off you know, talking about the recent Bradley Beal trade that the Phoenix Suns just made. Um, you know, they traded him for Chris Paul. Um, and I really appreciate all that Chris Paul has done for the Phoenix Suns. You know, the point guard. You know, there's just so much to talk about him from his past career with other teams. But I really appreciate what he's done for the Suns because I'm just a huge Phoenix Suns fan. You know, living here in Arizona, the Phoenix area. I actually grew up on the border town of Nogales, but watched the Suns pretty much my whole life growing up. Really got into the Suns watching that Steve Nash era with Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion. It's a great time. But get back to talking about Chris Paul and what he's done for this team. Um, he's my favorite point guard that's played for the Suns. You know, he was able to come in. While he was just still dominating as a point guard. Helping us get to the finals alongside Book and A.N. And, you know, just the rest of those guys. So just being able to watch him live and just watch the artwork that he was able to make on the court. You know, pick and rolls, shooting threes, just having a great IQ for the basketball game. Being able to, you know, create for others as well have a great mid-range you know off that pick and roll if he didn't pass it off the pick and roll he would just go ahead and shoot that jump shot in the mid-range it was just so killer for that time that he was here Um, i know it hasn't been finalized yet so i guess he's still here but just being able to see that live for the past couple years has just been amazing for me and for us suns fans but now that we got Bradley Beal out of it, I know we didn't really have depth as it was, but now we have him being able to help out KD and Book so that they don't have to drop 40 every night for us to win in a playoff game. It's just going to be amazing just being able to see another guard who is able to handle the ball and create for himself and then just be a spot-up shooter, just being wide open, just... You could just see how open Chris Paul was during the playoffs. He just didn't capitalize on every shot that he was able to take wide open. But as Book and KD just attracted all that attention, they were able to swing it to the open guy in the corner. So I know Bradley Beal can make those shots. So even when he has a ball, either KD or Book will be open because of all the attention that they can, you know, attract to themselves. I'm just excited to see him play again, you know. Hopefully the Phoenix Suns are able to re-sign a lot of these people who have expiring contracts or be becoming free agents. But I'm pretty happy with the team that the Suns have. Um, I'm a big DeAndre Ayton fan as well. You know, I'm, I'm an ASU guy, but have to give credit where it's due. Like, even though he played at the U of A, uh, just seeing the game that he was able to dominate in college and what he's been able to do here in the NBA. He has a nice touch around the rim. He's strong. He's dominant. Um, I know there's times where <laughs> Suns fans get a little agitated with 
him not realizing how big he is and just dunking it, but it's easier said than done. Um, one thing that I love to see him do is, is just control the paint. He has a nice little hook shot, and then he can just lay it up really soft off the glass. So I just hope they're able to really just help him reach his full potential and hoping he wants to stay here. Because um, again, I love seeing him play and just seeing how dominant he is and what even more dominant he can be. Um, a couple things I'd love to see from him in this next season is just him realize just how big he is. Like I know he knows how big he is, but just how dominant he can be. Um, I think I think he can do to to just keep control of the ball um, and just dominate the paint is when he catches the basketball off a pass uh, Pioneer's head just to keep it up high so no one can come in and steal the ball. You know, those low, those shorter guards, the shorter players that are, that are shorter than him just won't be able to reach in that cookie jar. Just keep it up high, keep it strong, um, and he'd be able to, you know, avoid those turnovers um, and just work on that footwork because he has good footwork as it is, but if he can just, you know, with those coaches coming in to help him, who are pretty good at teaching footwork down low in the post, if they can just help him improve in that, that'd be even better. Cause if he could get that footwork down. He's just, there's just no way of stopping him. Um, and I don't know if he's someone that doesn't really like to go airborne to avoid injuries, but so tall, if they could just throw it up and he could just go, go airborne and catch it and slam it down off of alley-oop or just, just go airborne when he drives in a lot because he just keeps it high and he could just jam it down. Um, just not be afraid to get fouled because once he's dominant and reaches that that almost all-star level, I think he'll be start he'll start getting those calls that he deserves because he deserves them now. But I think just because he doesn't have that star status, the refs won't respect uh, those fouls that he's that he's getting. But uh, to go back to the players that I know that the Suns had this past season that have expiring contracts that I want to see them resign are Torrey Craig. Great defender, great spot-up shooter. You know, that corner three that he has is just amazing. Jack, uh, Jock Landale, you know, we say from Landale, Arizona. Um, but he's great in the post. He has a high IQ. Um, I see him more as a power forward. Um, Hoping that they could just play him at that position. I know they like playing him um, at center. Yeah, I know Monty Williams like playing him as his backup center, but I think he's just great as a power forward because he's just that perfect size. I think he would have helped out during that Denver uh, series is to slow down Aaron Gordon. I don't think he could stop him, but he could slow down. He'd be a body that he could have just got in front of him and and just, you know, disrupt that great chemistry that Jokic and Gordon had. Um, instead of having KD play the four, I know KD's tall, but I feel like Landon would have been greater to play at the four, so KD could play at the three. Um, but again, like just re-signing him, and then having Biombo be the backup center to, to DeAndre Ayton would just be amazing. Um, and another great player that I'd want to see them re-sign is Akogi. He's a great defender, you know, when he'd get 
hot from the three. He was just, he would be streaky, a streaky shooter. Um, so when he had that confidence, he'd make those shots. Um, but again, I love seeing the way that he would just take it in the paint, make cuts to to attract the defense, to open up that three point shot for others on the court. Um, but he wasn't afraid to take it in when he had the ball. He'd be aggressive with it, dunking it, and that'd be just amazing to see him come back, be you know a backup, you know shooting guard or small forward coming off the bench for the Suns. And another player I wish they would have played more in this uh, postseason would was Terrence Ross, you know the Human Torch. He's just someone that I love seeing handle the ball. You know when he was with other teams in the past with the Magic, with the Raptors. He's just a great shooter. He's he's just a baller. He's a hooper. So just being able to see him come back to the Suns would be great. See if Frank Vogel would know how to use him, but I don't know if they would resign him. But those are the players I'd love to see the Suns resign. And you know, I think that'd be some good depth that they have. I know they say the Suns don't have depth, but I think that'd be great de- uh, depth for them. You know, due to the fact that we have three great scorers who can score off the ball with the ball, create their own shots in the starting lineup. So this next season for the Suns is going to be pretty fun to watch. Um, and I guess talk about the NBA draft. Don't really know too much of the prospects coming in besides, you know, the probably the top three picks um, that are projected to be the top three picks, you know, seeing uh, highlights of uh, Victor Wimbayama uh, playing in the French league, just dude, how he's so tall, he's so athletic, he has a great shot, he can handle the ball, um, and just seeing that he has trainers to help him, you know, stay healthy, do uh, pregame workouts, you know, with the, to warm up his feet to avoid foot injuries, because tall people have a history of having their foot injured uh, throughout their careers and it just kind of it cuts their career short but I'm just excited to see what what he brings to the NBA and just see that talent you know create that artwork that we love seeing I love seeing you know good fundamental basketball especially from the big man being able to own the own the paint um, just how Jokic did this past season in this past playoff run you know it's he was able to handle the ball, uh, facilitate the ball, but when he needed to, just ground and pound in the paint, have great footwork, great shots for himself. And that's what I want to see Wemby do, even though he can score outside the paint, you know, from the perimeter, some mid-range shots, something that, you know, I love watching Dirk Nowitzki do, you know, do those fit, that Dirk fadeaway. So it'd be interesting to see what he can do, see if he can reach that potential that he has. Um, another great player coming out of the draft that I want to see, Scoot Henderson. People have been comparing him to that having athleticism of Westbrook, Derrick Rose, John Morant. Um, but I want to see what who he is as a player, who Scoot Henderson is as a player, to see how it translates to the NBA. I know he played in the with the G League at night, that G League team, you know, but. I want to see how he handles himself against other players in the NBA. Because he looks super athletic. He just looks super strong. He looks like a freaking tank. So, see if he can be dominant in the paint. 
just go airborne and just dunk because that's my favorite move to see in the NBA is dunks. You know, have a nice handle like Allen Iverson or Kyrie Irving, you know, just have some nice crossovers and then just take it to the paint. Being able to put a nice finger roll layup or just jam it. So I'm excited to see what what he's able to do here in the NBA. And, you know, going back, talk about the reigning champs, the Denver Nuggets. Man, they have such a nice, complete team from positions one through five. Jamal Murray's great off ball, great with the ball, able to create his own shot, be able to shoot from outside the perimeter. A great player. And then at the two spot, KCP, again, he's able to create for himself. He's able to hit the mid-range. He's a great three-point shooter. You know, he's just someone who's just open because there's other weapons. He could just hit those shots nicely. And then at the three, come on, he's almost seven foot. MPJ. Guy who should, probably should have went like number one, number two in his draft class. But due to, it, you know, history of injuries with his back, and it dropped him down to the last spot in the lottery. So that was just a steal. I was so mad that that Denver got him at that spot because they took a risk drafting him but they're able to be patient with them because they had other players who could play that spot he was supposed to be playing but Nuggets were patient with them allowed him to rehab that back and you can kind of see that it's still a little stiff but like he's able to play play good and spot up shooter I know he could probably score in the paint as well um, being able to facilitate it when he needs to and he should do it when he wants to because uh, there are some times in the playoffs where even in the finals he had like people down open in the paint but he decided to shoot that mid-range you know just build his own confidence up so I get it but it's just he's just a great player um, see if he's wanting to you know stay in Denver. I know his contract doesn't expire until like 2027. Let's see if he wants a larger role as he gets more comfortable playing, you know, with with being healthy. Because I do see him as being, you know, he can be a number one guy somewhere else once he gets his rhythm fully going. Um, but then at the force by Aaron Gordon. Oh, such a steal with that trade trading Bull Bull for Aaron Gordon. It just really completed that team. Because they're all tall. Like, they're all really tall. And he's just a dominant player down low in the post. He's great at playing bully ball. Man, so jealous of the Denver Nuggets. But, and then you have Jogic facilitating the ball. He's playing like point center. They have two point guards on the floor, but being him being able to facilitate the ball, go down low, dominate in the paint with that great footwork. Once he attracts all the attention, he has someone cutting to the basket that he can just dish it off to. Um, and then just pretty much that last resort, he'll just score himself. Just if he needs to, he'll score 50 points. Like there's just no way of stopping it. He just has such a nice touch around the rim. Nice off the backboard, just he could do it all. But yeah, let's see how the reigning champs do this next season. See if they're able to go back to back. Man, 
And I just love the NBA, just seeing all that talent out there, seeing all the, the art that's being created from all these different players. Like, even though, like, I'm a Suns fan, I'm just an NBA fan. I'm a basketball fan. So just seeing others being able to dominate the way they do and seeing teams play it the right way, getting everyone involved, just a great thing to see. Very entertaining, very entertaining. Um, I've been watching see basketball as early as, as early as I can remember. Earliest memories are from when I was four, you know, just playing, um, playing the game in my on my porch with my dad and my brother. Like it's only four, so I could only play on smaller hoops at first, but just falling in love with the game. Um, but probably my earliest memory of watching basketball. Is that finals, the Lakers, Sixers uh, finals? You know, Allen Iverson versus Shaq and Kobe. Seeing Allen Iverson make that uh, fadeaway shot, Tyloo falling on the floor, and Iverson just stepping over him. Like, that's my earliest finals memory that I remember watching. 2001, probably in the first grade at that time. It's my early, one of my earliest memories watching basketball. It's a great one too. Um, watching those Lakers teams, you know, three P, and then, you know, just watching replays, some classic replays on on like NBA TV or like on ESPN back in the day. Just watching some classic games, watching Jordan highlights. My favorite move was of. Um, Jordan that I always try to emulate, try to, you know, practice is him going in the paint, going airborne, switching from the right hand to his left hand and laying it in. Like, I don't really get that much air. I'm only like, what, 5'8"? Like, I get some air, but just practicing that move is just one of my favorite moves to do airborne because I can't dunk, so layups are my thing. Love handling the ball, practicing my handles. That's one of my favorite things. You know, creating for others. But that's just one of my favorite players, you know, to watch was Jordan. Of course, I was too young when when he had his two three peats. Um, I was too young to watch those. I was born in '94, so uh, he completed his second three peat around '98. So I don't really, I don't remember watching those at all, if I even did. But I do remember watching those classic games on TV, just those replay games, and just falling in love with it, those moves, just seeing how dominant he was. Um, but players I did watch growing up were Tracy McGrady. He's my favorite player of all time. Um, just him being 6'8", being able to have a jump shot, nice finger roll, have a nice handle, being able to dunk. He could do it all, man. Just a tall guy, just being able to do it. If I ever play on 2K, playing blacktop, that's who I choose first is always T-Mac. Uh, another favorite player of mine watching growing up was Kobe Bryant. I was still hu- a huge Suns fan. Uh, watched loving those Steve Nash teams. So Kobe was like a, a, a rival I loved watching but hated when he would beat the Suns. Um, loved watching those games where he dominate though. It's just scoring 81 points. You know, just, just being his athleticism that he had, just being able to go airborne, dunk it, 
but just watching the way he would emulate Jordan's game, just just learn his his skill set, being able to do post up in the mid range, use the backboard. Man, that that's just something I practice when I play is just those post up moves, but in the mid range, doing those spin fadeaways, uh, using the glass, you know, off to the to the right side or the left side of the court. Um, in that mid-range area, just beautiful game to watch, beautiful game to practice and play. Um, another one of my favorite players, as I mentioned, my earliest memories is just watching Iver- Iverson. Just that handle. I fell in love with handling the ball, just being a point guard, just get crossover, moves under the leg, behind the back, a spin move. Being able to create for yourself to score, man, he was so, so great at it. And I know he would he would dunk sometimes, but he would just do those layups, just off the glass, just finger roll it in. And how I just stated before, you know, Kobe being uh, one of my favorite players to watch, but he was a rival towards the Suns. Watching that those the early in his uh. Uh, well, I guess his second stint in his career, Steve Nash with the Suns. Just watching him play with with Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion, Joe Johnson, Quentin Richardson. Man, that that was a time. Even though that only lasted like one year with Joe Johnson there, man, that was a good team. And they continue to be a good team. Um, they should have. They probably should have won a chip together, but. Man, that was a great time. Great thing to watch. Even though they didn't win any chips, it was great entertainment growing up as a kid. Great thing to watch. Being able to learn from it. And just see a great way to play basketball. It changed the game on three-point shooting, I felt like. You know. Being able to see Sean Marion, Matrix, go at it. Just dunk. Have that funky shot shooting from three, but he'd make it. And just seeing Amari. Automatic just be dominant in the paint, have a nice pick and pop with pick and roll or pick and pop with Steve Nash. He just shoot at the top of the key. Man, great times. Those are some great times. Um, but yeah, it's just I feel like I'll always talk about talk about some of my greatest memories watching basketball or some great tape that I'd love to watch here at the end of these podcasts. I'll just talk about the art of the game. So I'll talk about, you know, some more of the present players I love watching next episode. Um, but also next episode, you know, we'll talk about free agency as well. Uh, we'll let the dust settle after the draft. Um, we'll talk about who got drafted where. And then we'll talk about free agency as well. Just see who's going to go where or the potential places for these players. But appreciate you guys listening to Motherfucking Basketball Podcast with Kirk Motherfucking Frost. Um, until next time.